your weekly educational coffee is about to be served. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Educational experts from all around the world are sharing some coffee and ideas with you. It's Teacher's Coffee with Natasha and George. George, how are you? Hello, Natasha. One more teacher's coffee. We are, uh, I love it because we are very prolific. We've been doing this for so many months. We have uh, recorded, created so many podcasts and shows. And, you know, it feels like super great when you are creative. Yes. And, um, you know, you have so, such a lineup of uh, amazing guests like the one today, we have today as well. Absolutely. And I'll let you, I'll let you make the introduction. Well, I've but lost yeah. track of uh, how many episodes we have created this year, but we are very pleased that our episodes are full of good friends. And that's what, uh, what the concept of Teacher's Coffee is, because we don't only focus on the professional background, but also on the human touch and the human contact that we have with everyone. Um, and we're very pleased that today our guest is one very good friend of mine. I happened to meet her last year year uh, because of a very nice project that we will talk about later on and uh, ladies and gentlemen uh, today's guest is Catherine Riley welcome Catherine good afternoon everyone it's such a pleasure to be here and thank you for such a warm introduction mm -hmm. I'm really eager to see what we're going to talk about ah. We're going to talk about a lot of stuff, of course, uh, within the time limits that we have, because it's a podcast, it's a 20, mm -hmm. 30 minute podcast. So uh, we try to, to give the best and to communicate mm -hmm. the best from every guest that we have. Uh, it works like a teaser so that people will start, you know, looking for the next step of your of each uh, guest's life and each guest uh, each guest's personal and professional uh, progress so george catherine uh, first of all allow me to say that uh, it's the first time that we are meeting in a way you know if you can call this a meeting okay but we have had some uh, um, uh, conversations before and i need to say as well that i'm very pleased to have met you and meet you because from these conversations, I could tell that you're an extremely interesting person. And um, supplementing what Natasha said, we would like this uh, to be something that our listeners will get to know as well. So that's one of the other reasons that you are here. 
And mm -hmm. uh, I, would, I would start with a stereotypical question. Can you tell us a little bit, a few things about yourself? If you, if you were to give an introduction of yourself to our listeners, what would that be? Okay, I actually don't like boasting, but um, I am an author and I have been in the field of ELT material for uh, at least 10 years now. So I have authored mm -hmm. a total of 28 books, 25 of them have been published. Now, as for the content of my books, most of them have to do with ELT learning. Uh, I can say that uh, 13 of my books have to do with ELT materials, ranging from junior A, uh, all the way up to certificate levels. And I have also written a lot of readers. I have also written an ICT uh, course book, which consists of six grades, and is aimed at students um, of the ages of six to 12. Now, besides my authoring endeavors, I'm a teacher trainer, and I have been training uh, for universities, colleges, private and public conferences that have to do with ELT all across Europe, and of course, domestically. And um, I'm also an oral examiner uh, for major you know, universities and colleges. Okay, I think um, I've said enough. <laughs> Excellent, yes. Uh, okay, uh, the reason, as I mentioned before, the reason why I got to know you is because of this mm. amazing readers of, reader of yours, uh, the show mm. must go on. So would you like to tell me a few things about, I know a lot of things, but I would like yeah. you to communicate that. I mean, it's a last year project, if I'm not mistaken. So exactly. is it still active? Can you describe what it is all about? And um, I would like to, to listen to the results that the project had, mm -hmm. if it actually helped, uh, if it actually, you know, um, um, gave, uh, uh, did you receive the results that you expected because of that? And yeah. what inspired you to write it and offer it for free? Because we have to mention that. Right, thank you so much. Okay, something I didn't mention um, earlier is that I'm also a teacher. I've been teaching English for the last 19 years. Now, uh, last year, uh, you were correct. I did write this book and the source of inspiration was the loss of an individual due to cancer. Now, the book, The Show Must Go On, is a short reader and touches upon the sensitive issue of, you know, leukemia and, you know, having to face this really horrible, you know, uh, sickness. My students actually inspired me and they said, you know, you should do something like this, Miss Catherine, and write a book that could, you know, raise awareness concerning this devastating um, sickness. So that's how the show must go on came to be. I centered on a um, main character. Her name is Melanie. She is a seven-year-old girl who is struggling with this uh, disease. And I don't want to give most of the plot away. However, you will come to love Melanie and her story. Now, the book uh, came together thanks to the efforts of some friends who did support me in publishing it. We only produced a total of 2,000 copies because we wanted to minimize the costs of production and publication so that more money could be left to promote uh, for donation. Now, I chose uh, the organization called Elpida uh, 
so the book is free to download on my website. There are no um, strings attached. You can just download it for free and enjoy the book. However, I've also added a button uh, next to the download button, which actually directs um, the reader to uh, the organization of Alpida. And there's, a, I think, like the uh, minimum amount that you can donate is two euros uh, by doing a simple phone call or by depositing, you know, uh, through web banking. As for the other question that you asked, did it make a lot of money? Um, I think it it has um, made about 8,000 euros, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 9,000. Wow, I, that's yeah, really I'm, cool. I didn't know I'm that. I'm very proud of that. Yeah, that's what I know for sure. However, figures and what I hear from people, maybe it's around 12,000, but we don't know yet, okay? I don't know how accountants, you know, figure these things out. Anyway, yeah, and um, I'm happy to say that we did raise awareness thanks to the ELT community as well, because uh, a lot of friends from the ELT you know, community helped uh, promote the book you know, on their personal social media. And I'm so grateful for everyone's love because it's thanks to this whole group effort. People that have been the, in the ELT field for decades have supported me in promoting it. That's the reason why I wanted to mention that uh, today, because uh, we didn't have the chance to to, to talk about it, uh, our yeah. art teacher's coffee last year. I did, mm -hmm. I also uh, supported that through my personal profiles yes. on social Thanks. media, but not through the podcast. And uh, somehow mm -hmm. I had this feeling that I should go on, the show must go <laughs> on, and the book should also uh, donate more money to this amazing cause of yours. Yes, thank you. And to be honest, it's thanks to, you know, um, your efforts, you know, all the educators and the ELT community friends. And that's the reason why the book became a success. And I'm happy to say that we did help support children who are suffering from cancer. Okay, that I can guarantee you. Because after, you know, um, speaking with uh, the organization, they did use the money, they put it to good use. And I'm so happy about that. This is amazing, Catherine, because the way I perceive it right now, obviously, mm -hmm. it's uh, your competency of writing a book, and this is mm -hmm. something to uh, be congratulated. But uh, I think that there should be a double congratulation here, because mm -hmm. I can see that what you can really do well, you have actually used it. So to take some uh, action for a good cause. And uh, for me, all this circle uh, manages in a way to motivate people to join you. And that's the most important thing. It's not only about discussing that we need to help someone, it's about doing it. And um, this leads me you know, to my next question, because we can possibly make a bridge and start talking about another, I hate saying this, but this is uh, yeah. the, what I, I'm going to say, I think it reflects a reality. Yeah. Inclusion and differentiation is a buzzing word. Uh, that's the yeah. reality. Now, to, to some people's minds, it might be buzzing because uh, they simply repeat it or maybe they hear it a lot or they want to be part of it, but they don't know exactly what this is all about. Mm -hmm. Some other people yeah. really do know what they talk about. Uh, from mm -hmm. my kids, I can tell you, and from a younger generation coming uh, that it has been molded in a way, possibly through education, possibly through other stimuli, and they start realizing what it means to be inclusive and different. But I would mm -hmm. like to know your opinion. What is your definition of inclusion? Because to tell you the truth, what you have done with this book, 
tells me that you are the right person to talk about it right now. Thank you. I mean, that's, um, I feel honored um, to be given the opportunity to speak about these issues. First of all, when we're talking about diversity and inclusiveness, we are talking about a world, and in our case, a classroom that is open to um, all genders, people of different sexual orientation, gender identification, of different, you know, religion, political beliefs, anything, race, color. When we're talking about inclusion, we should respect all fellow human beings, regardless of all these stereotypes that still unfortunately exist in society today. Now, I know that a lot of people focus mostly on sexual orientation and um, gender identification, but that's not the only thing that we should be focusing on. I remember some time ago, I had um, attended a few courses by the British Council that had to do with inclusion, not only in the environment, but also in ELT material. And this is something that the market is lacking. For example, you would never see um, a character on the cover of an ELT book who is of a different color than the stereotypical white, or you might not see someone who is physically disabled on the cover of a book. These are things that have to change because we as ELT educators are actually still promoting the stereotypes of the past. And I know that there have been many um, remarkable strides made in the ELT you know, uh, writing field. However, we still have a long way to go. Now, I will use a few examples to be more specific. Uh, one thing that we usually do, okay, simple vocabulary that is used in junior A class or junior B. Why present occupations, okay? Why present an occupation, a fireman? Why not say a firefighter? Why do we always present a policeman instead of a police officer? Okay, because there are both genders, everything is inclusive. A mailman is called a postal worker. A chairman is a chairperson. I can go on and on. Okay, there's so many, you know, uh, things that should be changed in uh, ELT books. A spokesman is a spokesperson or a speaker. Now, it's not only about vocabulary. It's also about using the plural form. And I can give you a few examples. First of all, when the teacher is addressing colleagues and students, okay, in a classroom, you should acknowledge all gender identity. Entities. For example, try to avoid things like ladies and gentlemen or boys and girls. Okay, you should, you're better off using uh, something like good morning, everyone. Okay, good morning, people. How are you feeling? So, in this way, you're more inclusive. For example, I had a proficiency class last year and um, there were seven girls. Okay, but one of them was non binary and I wasn't aware of that. So, I kept on saying, hi, girls. How are you, girls? But after, you know, this uh, sweetheart came out to me, I was like, I apologize. And um, from now on, I'm going to be referring to the plural, plural form. So I was like, good morning, everyone. Good morning, kids. So that's like a very brief introduction of what, you know, we should be doing as educators. 
I can keep on talking. I don't know if you want me to continue. <laughs> well, that was that was really amazing that you mentioned that because I I usually mm-hmm. don't open the the episodes with ladies and gentlemen, but that's what I used today, uh, yes. <laughs> which yeah. was really out of the blue because George can confirm that I never use that term. But I don't know because somehow uh, these these kinds this kind of expressions mm-hmm. uh, have been uh, brainwashed. Uh, right. Exactly. I mean, it's it's everywhere in our genes and yes. DNA and brains and the uh, the way the way we think. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. but but the thing is, Catherine, how can we change that? I mean, yes, we want we don't want you to go right. on forever, but I'd like mm-hmm. to listen to you um, uh, giving okay. some tips on how to of start course. implementing, you know, some inclusive strategies in our everyday lessons and classrooms. That, that's wonderful, and I'm very happy to oblige. First of all, it's better, not only when addressing your students or your colleagues, when doing a lesson, it's better to be gender neutral. And I will give you some examples because there are biased pronouns in job, job titles. Let's use an example. The police officer submitted his report. Why not the police officer submitted a report, the report? Okay, simple pronouns can be changed to be more inclusive. Now, I can um, use another example. So uh, let's say that, um, first of all, the idea is not to use language that inappropriately makes gender distinctions. Instead of using expressions such as the evolution of mankind, use the evolution of humanity. Okay, these are simple things that can be used. Let's talk about writing. When you're writing an essay in class, okay, especially our students, our kids who are sitting for exams, use the plural form to be on the safe side. So you're talking about a student, okay, he, instead of using he, use students and they, when you're writing a story, for example. Um, And you know what, even um, there was this reference in a handbook issued by the European uh, Council It was called gender neutral language in the European Parliament. And there is an increasing tendency as stated in this handbook to use they and its derivatives in certain contexts for a singular subject, thus not specifying the person's gender. So you might say someone may not know their text number. Okay, Uh, so it's something so simple, okay, by using no plural uh, pronouns. Now, you know, I I can um, continue and focus on more elements besides uh, what to do in class. For example, there are a lot of schools, language schools, that unfortunately don't have the capacity to do this, but it would be a good idea to have uh, gender neutral restrooms, okay, a bathroom. This is very important because the first thing a person will notice when entering uh, an educational uh, space, for example, he will enter the classroom, okay, and he might want to go to the bathroom. When the student goes to the bathroom and sees you know, sign saying gender neutral restrooms, he will feel welcome. I remember there's this wonderful sign at um, a school I once visited and it it said, um, whatever, just wash your hands. (laughs) That was really funny. That's also very humorous too. Yes, it's it's something unexpected. There's so wonderful ways, you know, to show acceptance, you know, in a humorous fashion. And um, another thing that has to do, you know, with, of course, with your colleagues. Okay, try to be more uh, respectful. And, you know, 
I'm not going to use a specific example, but we all have colleagues who belong to the LGBTQI spectrum. Okay, so when organizing a party, you actually tell them you can invite your wife. Why, why say wife or husband instead of saying spouse or partner? There are so many, you know, gender neutral, you know, um, terms that can be used to be respectful generally. Um, now, there are more ways uh, to promote diversity and inclusiveness in class. And by showing them, because I want to go beyond sexual orientation and gender identification. First of all, I made a huge mistake some time ago, and I admit my mistakes. Uh, I wrote, um, I was writing a book for D class. Okay, so we're talking about a book that incorporates different kinds of readings from all over the world. So I wrote a reading comprehension that had to do with the production of wine in France, how, you know, they produce wine, and we chose these wonderful pictures of an old, an elderly couple, you know, holding, you know, some grapes. And you know what? It was wrong on my behalf. The, uh, the reading was rejected because you have to respect the cultures that do not consume alcohol. Or another thing, I know it's not like we're living in the dark, but you know, there are some um, books that include some words like pig, okay, which in some cultures it's not accepted, okay. And um, I'm not saying that we should be living in the dark again, but you have to be careful of the students that you have in class, the market, the audience that is going to read it. You have to respect their culture, their traditions, and of course, their religious beliefs. So when um, teaching a class of students, you have to, it's, it's an obligation, both for the school and the teacher, to do a background check. Okay, um, where are they from? What kind of vocabulary can we use in class without being insulting? For example, I used to be vice principal of the Refugee School of Athens for two years. And we had, you know, a huge, uh, diverse um, group of students. And some, you know, were Muslim, some were Christian. We had, you know, everything. So I was very careful of what to say in class. And it's not a matter of being afraid. It's a matter of respecting your fellow human being. And of course, we're going to make mistakes. But I think the most human element, something that, you know, um, defines us, as respectful human beings is to apologize and be careful of what we're saying. And you know, the students the, and of course the parents, they will uh, appreciate it. And that's how you create a more harmonious, you know, educational environment, uh, both as educators and of course to your students who are also your clients. Absolutely, yes. And it's a very humanistic approach, uh, yeah. what you're mentioning, because uh, we all make mistakes. I did it in at the beginning of the episode, too. So I, uh, you mentioned that after you mentioned that I realized that I started the show like that. Some, some, some things, you know, just occur out of, uh, you know, out of the everyday use and the everyday mm -hmm. brainwashing that we keep receiving from the media, from everything in our lives. And uh, it's some, sometimes, you know, people usually say that too much political correctness is very, it's a very negative um, state of mind because it's, uh, it's limiting our, the way we think and so, but it's not politically correctness it's just a human approach that's what I notice as I exactly. as I deeply redo some kind of research into matters mm -hmm. of that uh, mm -hmm. of that concept yes yes I agree I totally agree and something else that I'd like to add 
there are many individuals who belong to the LGBTQI spectrum. And in these cases, because I've had a conversation, I've had many conversations actually with teachers and they're like, Catherine, how should I talk to this kid? Because I don't know if it's a he or a she, or if it's non-binary, what can I do? I don't want to insult the student. And I'm like, just ask the student. It's okay to ask the student, ask the student or the parent, what pronouns should I use? Now, this is very important because um, you might even have, you know, a kid who is transitioning. Let's, you know, talk about this as well, who might be trans or, you know, might identify as non-binary. So in this case, it's okay. Just ask the student, how should I call you and what pronouns can I use? In many schools in the United States, and especially in my hometown of Chicago, I remember that um, there's some wonderful teachers who, you know, hand out some stickers and we place them on our chests. And, you know, my pronouns are she, her, for example, and my name is this. And it's okay because you're, you're promoting diversity and inclusiveness in this fashion. And it's respectful towards one another. And I, I really enjoy the fact that social media right now, we're talking about most social media platforms, Instagram, for example, LinkedIn, they have a specific field where you add your pronouns. And you know, this is, I'm not gonna say mandatory, but it's proper um, uh, business ethics in, in 2022. You should add your pronouns. It's like a must, especially you know, on social media platforms, which are professional like, like LinkedIn. And I'm happy about the strides that have been made uh, in the educational field as well. Catherine, I think from what uh, from the discussion that we're having here, in a way, Natasha said it in a, in a different way in the introduction. Yes, this is a teaser, but I think if I am to add a, up a more serious definition of it, I think what is remarkable here, apart from being very proactive and doing things, is that you create a lot of awareness. Because I'm sure that after this discussion, for example, um, uh, if I am, if I might say this as a friendly yes, yes, request, I would love yes. to listen, for example, a webinar from you, a seminar from you, or even a manual uh, addressing specifically ways to teachers how to to maintain this. Because the the first thing would be for me to get my attention and uh, want to be aware. The second would be someone who really knows to show me how to do this. And I cannot assume that people or teachers as Natasha admitted, and I have made several mistakes as well, that's how we learn, uh, that we are fully aware how to treat and be 100% yes. inclusive, equal, and as you said, um, uh, with the proper ethic, uh, ethical language uh, to use, pronouns yes. or whatever. Yes. So maybe that would be a good idea, because I'm, I'm about to ask you about your future plans. So I would right. love to listen to a webinar from you, how wow. we deal with this with practical tips mm. in the classroom. Uh, no matter yeah. what you teach okay it's not only about the english language this right. is i guess for every single educator mm. so any plans uh, for you for the future <laughs> well um thank you for everything i mean i really appreciate your kind words well to be honest i had the privilege um i don't know if i can refer to a cambridge uh, training center can i do this Okay, so for example, George Vasilakis um, from Ace Tefl gave me this wonderful opportunity. He asked me to do such a seminar, and I actually, you know, did train um, educators in the field of, you know, diversity and inclusiveness. It was a one-hour training course. 
Uh, I wish that there could be more like these, uh, you know, conducted by other ELT, you know, training centers, publishers. It would be marvelous because, you know, it would help educators feel more comfortable with what they're doing in class. Now, um, I do have plans on performing more such webinars in the future, and hopefully I can find the support from publishers, renowned publishers in the ELT field to support this and, you know, promote it in any fashion. That would be wonderful. Uh, as for my personal plans, I am trying to be uh, respect, respectful as much as possible, both as a teacher in class and as an author for a major international publisher. And I'm trying, you know, to train, you know, other educators with any advice I have to share with them concerning, you know, these matters. Uh, did I answer your questions? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm covered. I'm fully covered. Me okay. too. You're amazing. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, Catherine, I have to say that I'm really thankful and uh, I, I'm really very happy that I got to meet you because, uh, you know, I, I, I keep mentioning that I learn, I, I'm a learner every day and mm -hmm. most of the things that I learn is from my kids, but uh, you're one of the persons that I, that I keep getting, you know, a lot oh. of feedback from and try to be Thank a better you. person because at the end of the day, that's what, uh, that's what matters, being a better person and being a person that will give back to society somehow through this, the, the, you know, through the voice that we're all given. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm really, I'm really very happy that we, we, we got to, to talk at Teacher's Coffee finally after so much time that I've yes, been thinking it was about a it. pleasure. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine. And don't forget to follow our channel on Mixcloud and Spotify and join our Teacher's Coffee group on Facebook. Let's stay together connected.